if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ prays for unity. What should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll. Here is your other co-host, the one and only TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Hello. Yeah, today we have a um, very special guest, uh, Pastor Luke Kors, sort of like family to me. Um, my godfather's daughter, he, he married in that way. You know, we're all a really pretty close-knit group, and um, he actually went to a Baptist college, became a pastor at one of our churches, the Church of God of Prophecy, at a Pentecostal denomination, and now he is a head pastor at um, another Baptist church, so... He's probably got a lot to say about church unity. We can't wait to jump in and hear some of his stories. But before we do, to help our audience get to know you better a little a little bit better, Luke, you know, I know you pretty well, but they don't. We do what's called our greeting card segment. So I have 12 cards here that I'll just say just, you know, something random, like the last meal you ate or something. I'm just going to shuffle them up. Whatever's on it, we just ask that you tell us that. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, I'm going to start shuffling. You tell me when to stop, and I'll read the card. All right, let's stop. All right. Ah, this is a fun one. Which need you tell us the most mundane thing that you can think to thank God for? You just got to start with, I would just like to thank God for, and then the most mundane thing you can say. Hmm, Interesting. Well, I would just like to thank God for the chair that I'm sitting in because it is, is very comfortable. And while we do this, I... I am going to be sitting down. So I thank God for that. Amen, brother. (laughs) All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, We usually review just a few of the answers to our uh, previous silly question. So the last silly question we did was if you were stuck on a cruise line with vampires, how would you survive? We're not going to go over all the answers. Just going to kind of give you a couple um, both Niles and our friend Russell Gentry, who is uh, our biggest and longest patron donor, shout out to Russell, both answered with garlic and sunshine. So basically, you know, go to where the garlic is, wait till the sun's out, you're on a cruise line, so it's pretty simple. Um, and then two other answers we really liked was uh, TJ's sister Taryn and Caroline hagerman Baxon. Both said that uh, they would just, you know, give in, become a vampire. It's cool. Uh, TJ's sister, just because she wants to sparkle. And uh, Caroline thinks it would be okay because she'd be like Marceline and just drink red. So, uh, which is an Adventure Time reference for those who don't know. So that's uh, some, some of what our listeners have to say about that. And now we're going to go ahead and transition into today's silly question. Luke, we will answer first so you can think about it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> we always try to do this before we delve into anything serious, just kind of help ease the tension. Today's silly question is going to be, if you had to choose one animated character that you grew up with, 
to be your arch nemesis in real life, who would you choose? And uh, I'll go first, TJ, if that's okay. And uh, I'm going to say Donald Duck. You know, he's always angry, kind of funny. Very seldomly do I see any of Donald's ideas succeed. So I feel like I'd be okay, get plenty of entertainment. And even when he does succeed, you know, he's a Disney character, so I won't be harmed that bad. So yeah, I'm going to go with Donald. So you've never seen that episode of DuckTales where Donald's voice gets normal and he becomes like Superman. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just hoping that doesn't happen. I mean, everyone still was okay afterwards. You know, he didn't kill Because anyone. he didn't choose to kill anyone. Yeah. I mean, I he feel could've. like that'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, normal Donald. I, I should be okay. So, TJ, what, what would you say? Pick that animated character you grew up with to be your arch nemesis. Hmm. That, uh, I'm going to choose SpongeBob. Okay. He's a sponge. <laughs> Can only do so much. Yeah. Good one. Good one. All right, uh, Luke. You have to pick any animated oh. character you grew up with to be your arch nemesis. Oh, I'm, and I can't remember if this is the, I'm trying to think of what I was, while you were asking, and I was thinking, and I grew up watching G.I. Joe, and so I would have to say, like, I think, oh, is it Commander Cobra? Is that his, is that the guy's name? Yeah, that, that's his arch yeah. nemesis. That's... Yeah, that, that would be, that would be, you know, and. Be challenging. Um, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want some easy, easy arch nemesis like SpongeBob. I mean, come right. on. I'm going yeah. to choose, I'm going to choose a real arch nemesis. Yeah. Come on. Gonna have fun with it at least. Yeah. I've seen what Commander Cobra can do. I want no part of it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, what was, I'm trying to remember who, what Tiffany said, cause I came up with this while we were hanging out and, um, Tiffany's my wife, for those who don't know, she said, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but you know, the fairly odd parents neighbor. Dinkleberg. Yeah. She was like, Dinkleberg. Because for some reason, that was always the arch nemesis, even though he was only ever nice. I thought that was a pretty solid answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, for the real podcast, uh, one thing we believe is extremely important to church unity is to hear one another's story of how we came to Christ. Uh, Luke, would you mind telling us your testimony? Oh. Do you want the elevator testimony? Do you want the... <laughs> Um, like novel 700 page testimony. Uh, yeah, somewhere um, between there would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically I grew up, um, I grew up going to, um, a, a small rural church, uh, Rock Creek Baptist church. Um, and, uh, always going to church. That was just always our thing. Well, one of the, um, awesome things uh, I look back on now is that uh, my pastor who he is still, he is still at the, that church pastoring. Um, but at the time he and his wife were the camp managers of um, Southeastern Baptist youth camp. And so um, when I was six years old, all the way until I think the last time I went there um, in some capacity was when I was 26. So for, 20, 21 straight years. Um, I was either a camper, a junior counselor. Um, I was on staff when I was in uh, high school and college. Uh, I was a, a counselor as well as an adult. 
Um, and so that is where we would have, uh, for the older kids, you would go for a week and Thursday night was always kind of a commitment night. And so, uh, we would have a, you know, a service and then there'd be a bonfire and it was just always kind of cool. But, um, the invitation was given. I was, let's see, I was nine. And, um, so I just, I knew at that time, I knew that I needed Jesus, you know, I, more than I ever needed him. And, you know, I realized that, um, with sin and, and that I was a sinner and I couldn't be good enough. I would never be good enough. And, um, and so that started a journey. Um, and so then when I was, um, that began the journey. Um, that's what I try to tell people that, uh, salvation is not the end destination, but it's the beginning of the journey with, with Christ. And so that was the beginning of, of my journey. And then, um, I was at camp when I was 13 and I realized, you know, I wasn't as on fire as I should be. And I, I kind of read, I rededicated my life. You could say was the term I used at the time. I put a re-emphasis on it. Um, but then when I was 15, um, I was at camp and I, I realized that I had, you know, at that time I'd, I'd started looking at what I wanted to do, you know, as a, a finishing up my freshman year of high school and getting ready to start my sophomore year. Um, looking at possible future, what college would look like, you know, that was kind of the focus at the time. And, um, I'd always kind of envisioned myself being a lawyer at the time. And, and, um, just because I like to talk and argue. And so that was kind of the, where my mind was. And, but in the back of my mind, I always knew that God had some bigger purpose for me. And so, um, that summer I realized at camp, I was like, okay, ministry is what God wants me to do. So of course at that age, you know, my understanding of what ministry was, was, well, that was like, you're either, if you're thinking full-time ministry, you're either a pastor or you're like a missionary. That was kind of my limited understanding at that time. And, um, so there's some different things, uh, you know, through my life that I had, uh, at that point I realized that God wanted wanted me to go into ministry. And I had people in my life tell me, well, you still need to go to college and you still need to, you know, get a degree that you can get a job in in case you're not, you know? And so I did all that. And then I went to, um, I spent a year at a seminary, uh, in Indiana that was just, um, there was a lot of things that just were not, not right. Um, in my life, that seminary was not a good fit for me. Um, there's a lot of things, um, that's a whole nother podcast and we'll not go into that, but, um, well, we'll schedule that they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Part two. No, but, um, I just, I really wasn't where I needed to be, um, to be used is I look back now and, and I just, uh, a lot of things in my life that I kind of put in place, um, choices that I made and decisions I made without including God and, I was not a very humble person. And so, uh, God kind of, um, you know, put me in a prison kind of like he did Joseph and, you know, and I don't know, I've heard different preachers, um, talking about Joseph in the Genesis 
And, um, and I know that, um, I've heard different preachers talk about how Joseph meet, you know, when he bragged to his brothers about these dreams and the coat, you know, he was, you know, kind of arrogant and, and wasn't very humble. And, and I can only imagine, you know, if, if that were true or if it was, you know, whatever, but going through being sold as a slave and, and then working your way up to being the head servant of this guy and then being accused of something and then getting thrown in jail. And, and I'm sure that there were a lot of, um, you know, he, he had a lot of time in there to spend with God and to get humble, even if he, he a lot more humble than what, what he may have been. And so, um, I went through about three or four years of just, I'm trying to think of when, so yeah, it was about three years, um, where I walked away from God, um, walked away from church, uh, just, uh, just really was a, a time where I, I, I guess, you know, I, I walked away from God, not, not that I stopped believing in God. It was just, I was mad at him for these circumstances that he caused. And so I blamed him and, um, and I kind of, in my mind, I was thinking, well, if you don't, if you, you know, you've done all this. And so I'm going to punish you by punishing myself because you want to use me and I'm not going to allow you to use me. And that was, now, does that really make sense? <laughs> um, no, not really. But at the time that was, that was my attitude. And mm. so, so anyway, that, that was kind of, you know, what happened, some different things that felt. And so then I finally went, went through this phase where, uh, God just, um, reached out to me and, and through some different things. And, um, and then kind of, I turned 25 and, um, well, I guess it was a little before I turned 25, but, um, so I was 24 years old and my life just kind of, uh, I don't know, they, I've read scientific research that says that your judgment capacity in your brain isn't fully developed until you're around 25. And so, so a lot of that happened for me and it was just kind of like a light bulb went off and, um, and there's some different instances I was living with my parents and my mom, um, kind of had a come into Jesus conversation with me. She told me, she said, you know, uh, if you're going to live here with us, you don't have to come to church with us, but you need to go, you need to get yourself back in church somewhere. Um, so I started attending a church, um, a non-denominational church in, uh, uh Columbus, Indiana called the, the Ridge. Um, a great, amazing church. Um, and, um, my mom's, uh, my mom and dad's best friends attended there and, uh, they, they went with me for the first service and I, I'll never forget it. it. It was, uh, January, um, January, 2010. It was the first Sunday in January. They just started a new series, uh, called, uh, direction determines your destination. And, um, it was the, uh, it was a God's, uh, what did they call it? GPS. I forget how they determined the GPS, what they use for that acronym. But anyway, God's positioning service or something like that. But anyway, it was walking through the 10 commandments and it was, it was just like this light bulb went off and I'm like, all of a sudden, like, this is what I've been looking for, like searching out like God, what am I supposed to be doing? And, and so, um, so to kind of wrap up testimony and everything. So this, this basically walked me through this, this time period. And, and, you know, that January, 2010, I met Brittany, my wife in May of 2010 on a trip. 
Um, and then we became friends, started talking, um, probably about December, January, January, December of 2010, January, 2011, I realized that, um, I wanted, um, possibly to go back to seminary. And so that's when uh, I visited uh, Moody Theological Seminary in Chicago. And then I decided to go back to seminary. Um, and that's kind of, and then Brittany and I started dating and then we got married in 2013 and uh, moved to South Carolina. And then that we were down there for seven years. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the beginning. I mean, I could go into more, but <laughs> we probably need to move on. Like I said, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a book, but it's a, um, it's a, it's a cool book. Um, one thing I had a, a, a mentor tell me, he used a series one time. He said, you know, God uses, he, God uses, uh, your mess or God turns your mess into a message. And so I feel like when, when you allow God, um, to use your testimony, you know, it, it, it helps other people. Um, you know, when you give God the glory, when you're not using it to kind of say, Oh yeah, it's okay to sin because God will do this anyway. No, but it's, it's more of God in spite of my bad decisions, God still uses me. Um, so anyway, I actually, I was going to save this question for later, but it seems like an appropriate time, uh, had, which I, I didn't write this in my outline, but, I I remember hearing some growing up, you know, you, you do a lot of hearsay growing up, that, uh, you know, Baptists believe once saved, always saved, which means you get saved and can do whatever you want. And that's why, you know, I was told we just didn't really like Baptists or, you know, something. That's just kind of the impression that I got. And I was uh-huh. like, why do they believe that? That's crazy. So clearly from your story, it seems like it's definitely not what I thought I heard growing up. It's something different, right? Well, and I've, and I'll be honest, I've heard, I've, I've never as, as a Baptist, I've never heard that as in, and other people that maybe Baptists are like, how could you have never heard that? Well, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people, they don't, they maybe don't understand or is a misnomer is, um, so in Baptists and there are all kinds of Baptists, there's American Baptists, there's Southern Baptists, there's fundamental Baptist, there's independent Baptist, there's, I mean, there's probably like 15 or 16 different types of Baptists. And, but at the key, the key ingredient to all Baptist churches are regardless of where they're affiliated, um, Baptists believe in what's called local autonomy. And so what that means is the local church decides what they, like what their rules and regulations are so to speak. So like, even though the church I'm at now is a part of the American Baptist, um, American Baptist convention, um, there can be another church in our local association that they have different bylaws than we do. Um, as far as like, for instance, you know, if we want to take, if we want to take communion every quarter and they want to take communion every month, or if they want to, if they do different types of service or different types of worship. So there's, different churches have different things. And I think that's where some of this, this misnomer of once saved, always saved, um, it has come from, but the, how I always have defined it. And it's funny because I I was talking to, um, I was talking to a friend, a friend of mine about it in South Carolina and said, well, 
the way I grew up, it was, you know, you look at people that get saved or they get baptized and, and they, you know, you're like, they're saved when they're, they're a kid, but then they stop living. They stop living the life, you know, or they choose to walk away. We, I've just always been like, okay, well, they were never really saved to begin with. Yeah. That's kind of how, you know, you know, I, I don't know where the whole term once saved, always saved. Um, I've heard some people say, you know, if you're saved, then if you're truly saved, then you'll never want to leave, you know, that kind of mentality. And, and I get that. I get that feeling. Um, I, I believe when you look at the Bible that there's, um, and Jesus says this, there's only one, there's only one unforgivable, one unforgivable sin. And that is, blasphemy against the Holy spirit. And I believe what I believe that is, is when you fully reject God and fully reject, um, the Holy spirit from convicting you, from changing you, that's when you, you choose, you choose to not, I mean, it's like you choose not to be saved anymore and, um, or you choose not to partake in that. And so, um, and, uh, you know, and I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a Baptist thing or if that's a, this, my own theology from all the different, you know, different denominations that I have, you know, the, um, you know, yeah. my dad was, my dad was raised Catholic. So I've got that. I went to, um, you know, an undergrad school that was, um, uh, Anderson university in Indiana and they are church of God. So they're not. They're not the Church of God of Cleveland. They're Church of God of Anderson, Indiana. And so there's some slightly differences there. And so, you know, I kind of, I, I tell people a lot of times I'm kind of a mutt, a mutt <laughs> when it comes to my um, Christian Christian um, denominations, so to speak. So, Hey, everybody. I'm just going to take a quick break to let you guys know all the ways that you can help us keep this podcast going, you know, your favorite Church Unity podcast. Uh, TJ, what's some of the ways that they can do that? Uh, well, you could head on over to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and follow us on there. Uh, you can subscribe to us on every you know podcast listening software that you have, and the ones you don't have, go ahead and download those. Follow us on there too. Thanks, love you. <laughs> um, you can support us on Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar a month. And uh, of course, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can join our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's all the way. Oh, TJ, we also need their unconditional loyalty. Yes. Unconditional loyalty, yeah. respect, and admiration. Thank you. Yeah. You could leave all of that at our Patreon. And of course, they wouldn't have to hear this work at all if they went over to Patreon.com mm-hmm. or to the Old Church Podcast. Let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Luke's basically just the authority in church unity. It's fine. He's, <laughs> he's, he's seen it all. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, fr- from my understanding and from what you're saying, you know, I think a lot of the once saved, always saved is first off just a big misconception, but also I think that's probably pull, just pulling, you know, different doctrines of predestination and uh, everyone, not everyone, but you know, pretty much everyone has their own different views on that and different beliefs and, it's not, it, or at least you're not saying, you know, I can get saved and do whatever I want. So I, 
at least yeah, to some yeah, degree, it's not what it and, was painted. <laughs> and I had, I had someone explain to me the whole idea of like, you know, you talk about predestination, the, the Calvin Calvinism and Arminianism is kind of the, the two sides of that. And they, they explained to me that um, they said, you know, if you look at it from um, your Arminianist view is free, you have free will choice, you, you, you know, that, and then Calvinism is where you get your predestination and all this. And he said, if you look at it from, he said, you look at salvation from man's perspective, you see Arminianism. You see that from man's view, you know, it's their choice. It's their free will. It's, but if you look at it from God's view, from God's eyes, then you see that Calvinism. You see, because God knows, you know, we can't fully understand because our minds are linear that, yeah. you know, God, God knows who's going to choose him in the end. I, I mean, he, he does because he's all knowing. And so, and then we try to wrap our, our linear minds around something that created it that is beyond us. And we try to put it in terms and words that we understand. And then it just creates all kinds of arguments and theological debates. And I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm just like, you know what, if, if, if you're saved then live like it, <laughs> you know, that's, Amen. <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of where, you know, and I have to, you know, I have a wife that tells me that too. Sometimes, Hey, you need to start acting like you're saying, you know, and, and, <laughs> I mean, because we all need that accountability. But anyway, so yeah, that makes sense. All right. So since I've known you, you have gone from a Baptist seminary, Baptist college to being an executive pastor at one of our churches, Church of God of Prophecy, a Pentecostal church. And now you're back at a Baptist church being the head pastor of it's Hopewell Baptist Church in Indiana. Is that correct? Correct. Could you kind of tell us some about, you know, your journey there and back again? You know? Not to make you um, the hobbit, but yeah, yeah, man, I'm, that'd be fun. That'd be an yeah, adventure. Yeah, you could save the um, details about the dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it's uh, it just is a God's it's a God thing on how it all kind of came out for us to to move. Um, Brittany and I, of course, uh, it was very difficult um, with leaving her family. Um, her, her father is, uh, the lead pastor at Somerville, um, which was the church we were serving under, uh, or serving at. And, but we had been praying for a long time about what, what was next for us, um, with God and, and our family. And, um, but the, the dynamics, you know, there's not a whole lot of differences, um, in, in what I believe and, and what I think, um, theologically, um, between the two, you know, between the, um, uh, between the Kogop and between our Baptist church here, you know, um, the, there's some differences that I, that I see, uh, or let me say similarities first, because I, I feel like so often we, we point at things that are, that we're so different about, and that instantly drives wedges in people. And we don't focus on the similarities. We don't focus on, well, these are ways we're the same, you know? And, and so that creates in the big C church that creates issues. You know, we want to define ourselves by our differences instead of saying, well, we're all, 
brothers and sisters in Christ. And we just choose certain ways to diff- worship different or certain things that don't really make a difference. Um, don't, shouldn't make a difference. So, you know, things, obviously it's the same, you know, we believe in God. We believe, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. You know, we believe in the virgin birth. We believe, you know, all the, all the major things, all the important things we all believe it's the same. And, and I think, uh, especially in the, uh, the culture, political culture that we live in that, you know, you have to be one, one side or the other. And, and this is, there's no, there's no commonality. There's no common ground that we can come together as, as Americans and discuss things. It's just, you know, I'm on this side, so I'm right. And the other side's wrong. And the other side is I'm right. And this is wrong. And, um, and I hate to see that in churches. And I do see that in, in some churches and, and some differences in denominations. So, but so similarities, I think everything major were the same. Um, differences, uh, there, you know, the, the differences that I would, I have noticed, um, are, you know, emphasis on worship is, is different. Um, and, and neither is right or wrong. I just, there's, there's a more, um, Pentecostals you will find have a more emphasis on worship typically than, than Baptist churches do. Um, uh, Pentecostal churches will have a more emphasis on the Holy Spirit, uh, obviously, um, being charismatic. Um, it doesn't, mm-hmm. in Baptist, and the whole and, gig. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and then Baptists, um, don't not believe in the Holy Spirit, but they just, the emphasis isn't, isn't on that. Um, and, and so, uh, some of the things, in, and we were talking about, um, when we did this whole interview process, um, to come up here and, and to dissect and talk about different, different things. And, um, you know, some of those questions came up and, um, I, me personally, I think, um, Pentecostals can sometimes, uh, people, they put too much emphasis on speaking in tongues and with the understanding that, you know, that's not the only spiritual gift that there is. And we, 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 you know, uh, I've been a part of church services where you have people speaking in tongues and then they're the same people who are gossiping and, causing other issues in the church. And so it's like you had, you know, was that a real God moment or was that just some emotional thing? Um, and the wrong tongues. <laughs> and exactly. So, um, you know, and so then on, you know, on the flip side, um, you know, talking about, um, Baptist, I, I see a, um, in, in some aspects there's, uh, there's a more serious, let's see, what's the right word I want to say. Let me back up. So along those lines with, with, with spiritual gifts, um, with, uh, the, the idea, and, and this may be a cultural thing, cause then, you know, you got to throw that in because the Southern culture is totally different than the Midwest culture. But, um, in the Southern culture, uh, and I saw this cause that's the church I attended there's, um, and other churches around there, there's a more emphasis on relationship versus truth. 
sometimes. So there's more emphasis on um, almost acting like you have it all together. Um, whereas in a typical, um, typical Baptist, Baptists are less worried about having it together can kind of be more real. Um, but the flip side of that is back to what you said at the beginning with this once saved, always saved. You, you want to be real, but then you have to understand that doesn't justify sin. Um, and so there's, you know, in the Pentecostal realm, you see a, a my perspective. Um, I saw a lot more people striving to live sanctified lives or people striving for more after salvation. Whereas a lot of times in um, Baptist churches, it's we want to get people saved. And, and once they're saved, then that's, you know, but I'm thankful, you know, the church that I'm at now, we are, you know, very much about, hey, we want to see discipleship take place. We want to see we want to see people saved, but we want to see people live holy lives. We don't you know, we want it to be. You know, it's not just about getting people baptized and, and then that's it. We want to see them grow because um, what I said at the be- um, beginning, I think, or maybe when we were just talking that, you know, salvation is, is just the beginning of the journey. Um, it's not it's not the it's um, it's not the end destination, so to speak. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned you like to speed things up a little bit. Uh, that's a good thing because we like okay. to do this thing called the speed round uh, to familiarize our guests or our audience with our guests' theology. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions, uh, and I need you to answer them in one sentence. Okay. And if you don't think you can answer it in one sentence, then you just say pass, and we'll go to the next one. Okay. I will you got do it? my best. One sentence. Is that like All a right. compound sentence with lots of ands and run? <laughs> run Any, anything except for a run-on sentence is acceptable. Yeah, this is a. I mean, it's always harder for pastors. I feel like. <laughs> right. So, do you believe in a literal global flood? Yes. All right. Are you more Arminian or Calvinist? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm right in the middle, to be honest. All right. uh, do you believe in pre, mid, or post-tribulation? I'm a pre-trib rapture, pre-tribulation rapture. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe baptism is necessary for salvation? No. Do you believe in a continuation of the gifts of the Spirit? I believe that there is. Yes, I believe that the continuation happens. I don't. I don't think that um, that it stopped with the apostles. Mm-hmm. Do you believe speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I believe. I, I do believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe in continual? Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, do you believe in <laughs> continual sanctification? I believe that sanctification is not a one-time thing. I believe it's a process that we are called to grow closer to Christ. Okay. 
Uh, do you believe baptism has to be full body immersion? Can I just say some of these questions I've never been asked before, and so I'm just trying to think. <laughs> That's Josh's fault. Yes, I'll just say yes. I do believe that. All right. Uh, do you believe that drinking is a sin? Yes. Okay. And uh, uh, that's the speed. Well, I guess I guess I should ask you drinking. I'm assuming you mean drinking alcohol. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not water. <laughs> Not water. <laughs> no, no liquids at all ever. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to fast? What? No. <laughs> yeah. Fast forever. <laughs> All right, that's our speed round. Congratulations, you made it. Yeah, uh, we'll mail you the prize. <laughs> it's uh, it's nothing. nothing. The hate, the hate mail. Uh, you'll mail me the hate uh, mail for. Any yeah, we'll forward it to you. <laughs> yeah, if I ever get any hate mail, I'm just going to post it on social media. I'll be so excited. <laughs> All right, Ed. Uh, so, what can you tell us about your current church, Hopewell Baptist Church? Um, well, we we are in a a major transition uh the the church um of course covid covid has thrown everything for everybody in for a loop but um the church the the church is uh, has been um through through some different things um and that have reduced the numbers then throw in covid um, there've been changes that were made that some people liked, some people didn't. There's been some just different things that have gone on. Um, and they, um, there's, there's a lot of healing, um, that's starting to take place. Um, you know, that I'm just, I'm excited to get to be, uh, to get to go along with the ride, along for the ride with God and to see some of these things taking place. Um, you know, I, I came in with the, the mindset of, uh, just wanting to know people and, and wanting to share life with them. And, and my opinions are based on my, my opinions, not what other people say. And so getting to talk to people and getting to meet with people, um, and, and hear their stories. And so, so it's just a big, you know, there's a lot of transition going on and, and some changes and, um, but through, through there's, there's been some hurt that has happened. And so, um, you know, working on that and, and loving people and getting other people to love other people. Um, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And, and that's difficult in COVID, you know, it's difficult when you can get together as a group, when you can do certain things. Um, but it's, it's also exciting, um, to see, it's exciting to, um, to be a part of because, uh, this church wants, uh, they have such a good heart and they want to see the community changed. Um, and so, uh, it's exciting. So that to me is exciting. Um, we are, we're a church, um, that is in rural Southeastern Indiana. So we're surrounded by cornfields and bean fields and cow, cow pastures and, um, so it's kind of, it's, it's cool. It's in the country. It's, um, and, uh, but, uh, it's this huge church that has been blessed by people. 
in the past that, you know, because of a pastor four or five pastors ago, you know, they had a vision and, and they grew. And, and so, you know, this is a church with um, a lot of potential and a lot of uh, physical facility resources. So, um, so that those are kind of some exciting things. Um, and, and so I'm trying to, you know, uh, you just, just let God do things in his timing. Um, and so those are, that's kind of where we're at right now. And, um, so it's, it's, again, I, yeah. you know, I said this earlier, it's exciting to get to be along for the ride as God, God is uh, doing things, um, God and, and God is using me. I mean, that's, that's, that's the oh, biggest yeah. thing I, I tell people, you know, they, I've had, was talking to somebody today and they just said, well, you know, you're just, you're in such a great job and you're doing, I said, well, you know, I just, I'm letting God do his thing. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, my, my story, I, I guess to how to kind of wrap, wrap all the way up to my testimony, it's, it's the journey that God has brought me on that has prepared me for this, this time. And so the, the, I look at the things that I know, you know, leadership wise uh, that I learned at seminary or the things that I learned ministry wise from my father-in-law at the Somerville family worship center that, um, you know, had I not gone, had God not taken me on this journey, um, I wouldn't be able to do or, or have the knowledge or be equipped to handle some of the situations that I'm encountering. And, and, um, you know, one of the things, one of the great things that my father-in-law taught me, um, is just patience. The, the idea that sometimes it's not, well, sometimes almost every time you shouldn't just rush into telling people what you think you know, or the answer that, you know, in a situation, you, you know, pray about it. Um, yeah. If there's a, if there's a problem, you know, pray about it because sometimes those problems work themselves out and then you don't end up with egg on your face or have to eat crow because you <laughs> said yeah. something out of line. And, um, and so, you know, th- those are some things that I've had, I've had people, I've had people compliment me on in the, two months that I've been here and, you know, they say, you know, you're, you're 35 and you're, you know, how do you, you know, and I said, well, it's, you know, I've, I've learned it, you know, from amazing professors at, at Moody and um, I had amazing professors at Anderson, you know, and, and, you know, my experience with my father-in-law and um, with, um, with Jeff White and, uh, Great. Um, and, uh, Bishop McLaughlin and, um, and, uh, another person, another person you need to get on your podcast if you haven't already is, is Bobby Winburn. Um, and some of those guys awesome. that, 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 um, that I've spent time, you know, I got, you know, the last four years, well, last seven years of living in South Carolina, you know, those, those men that, shared with me and, and, and spent time with me and invested time with me that, um, that I'm getting to benefit, you know, um, that I'm, you know, I had a professor at seminary. He said, you know, we stand on the giants who were before us. And, and so, you know, I, 
I want to give honor where honor is due, so to speak. So I'm, I'm getting the blessing, you know, of, of compliments that, you know, in essence come from these other men that have poured into me and other people in my life that even I haven't mentioned that, you know, have poured into me. And, and I've got a couple guys here in Indiana that are advising me and, and, and so that they, you know, I'm learning from them and trying to do the best I can. And, um, so, so that's what I, you know, I always try to, when somebody compliments me, I say, (laughs) well, God, it's, you know, God's doing it and I'm just long for the ride. But then also, you know, other people have, I've learned these things from other people, whether they learned them from somebody else or they learned them the hard way. You know, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to learn from, from other people's, you know, decisions of, you know, maybe they made a bad choice. And so, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I might be a little bit biased, but everyone I've ever heard who's interacted with my godfather, your father-in-law, brother Martin, they all kind of say that same thing where it's like, yeah, you know, actually, but just, blesses so many people you know so many people i know in ministry roles in some way is because of you know what he's done there awesome church awesome ministry there and he doesn't get you know and i can brag about him you know because he (laughs) won't brag about himself and he's he's somebody that he's he's so humble and his testimony and the things that he has gone through that the things that he's had to deal with that people will never know um yeah but god's brought him through it and he gives God the glory every day and, and, and things that I've tried to learn, um, to do myself. And, um, oh, yeah. so awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Killer awesome mustache guy. too. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He's, <laughs> well, he's growing out a beard. Yeah. So yeah. I like, I like beard season. You always know what's beard season. Brother Martin starts. Season. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we got, we got to start wrapping up. We're getting close to time, but uh, one last question before we do or, you know, for the main part before we start wrapping up is, um, I heard you speak, I've been listening to your sermons and this is last week you talked about thirsty and hungering. Those ends are important. If y'all listen <laughs> after God, you mentioned that we can't rely on our country, right? You said something about the forefathers and how their refusal to renounce slavery has impacts on our society today. So I was wondering, I don't know if you could do it briefly, but if you could, uh, if you I could. can't do anything briefly. Let's just be honest, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you could try, <laughs> could you kind of just explain what, what exactly you meant by that? Maybe put it in better context if I misrepresented what you said. But. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I look at the racial issues that we have, the, you know, black and white. I mean, there's the whole, yeah. you know, that that's going on and, and that, you know, there's still, there are people who still think or, or think that there should be restitution made, um, that there's, there are some people that still, that racism still exists. I mean, really. And, and when we look at it as in America, it's, you know, I'd say 90% of the time, if you think of racism as America, you think of black and white, you just, it, the media portrays it, everybody portrays it. So what I was meaning by that is, you know, our founding fathers, they did a lot of things right. They did a lot of godly things and still they wanted, they wanted religion. They wanted God to be in the government. They didn't, what they wanted was the government not to be in religion. Um, but they, they never wanted God to be removed from religion. And, but one of the things that, um, they didn't do, they didn't get rid of slavery. 
And so here we are almost 300 years after, you know, our country was founded and we're still, still dealing with the results of their, of, of their lack of, of making that. And, and the point I was trying to make is that there are times in our lives that if, if we're not, if we're not hungering and thirsting after God and we're not striving for that, that there are going to be things that we feed ourselves in our life, um, that are then going to cause generational issues that get passed on to our kids, that get passed on down. You know, you, we see it now, um, in, in, um, in, in generations that they, they have no idea who God is mm. you know, in America. There is a generation that of children now that don't know God, don't even know who God is. And it's because you trace it back two or three generations where a generate a generation decided that they didn't want to, they didn't want to go to church anymore or church wasn't as important. So then their kids see that and their kids church wasn't important for mom and dad. So why do I need to even go? And then all of a sudden that third generation those kids don't even know about God because it's not important. So, mm. um, so that's, so that's kind of what I was trying to get at, whether I did that on Sunday or not. Um, that's, that's a whole nother story. So I mean, it was a great ser- sermon. I thought, and uh, I'm, I, that's kind of what I got from it. Um, if anybody wants to hear that sermon or other things, Pastor Luke's doing at his church, it's Hopewell Baptist church. They can go to your Facebook page, which I think is just, Hopewell Baptist Church on Facebook. Right? Yes, yes. Face, and Facebook is is a better way. We're in the process. One of the transition things, um, our website is not up to date. And so we're working on, um, I'm getting getting ready to get with my uh, technology team and, and start kind of getting some better, so they understand some better things of what to do. And so we're hoping to get that updated here before the end of the year. But our Facebook page is up to date yeah. with, yes. with our latest stuff. So awesome. Awesome. All right. So as, as we wrap up, uh, one thing we, we always like to ask people at the end is if you had to give just one tangible action, something our listeners could go do right this very second podcast ends, they go do it. That would help maintain energy in the whole church or, you know, capital C church, as you call it, <laughs> what would it be? Hmm. I've been trying to think of, you know, a short way to say this. <laughs> uh, show people love more than telling people what to do. Makes sense to me. And uh, what what do you think we would see happen if everyone started doing that? Facebook would go out of business. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no seriously, seriously though um if if we if we would if we would quit if we would quit telling people how to live their lives and just love people churches would be church buildings would be filled again uh, i say again i mean not like that but <laughs> but to me yeah. that's that's what being the church is it's it's loving people regardless of what they're doing regardless of who they're voting for, regardless of, of what lifestyle they live, regardless of what they think sin is and sin isn't, or if they believe in God or not, 
you know, when you love people in a world that is all about hate, it's, it is different. And that's what our world needs to see. Um, our world needs to see unity, needs to see unity, needs to see love. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, thank you for your time today, Luke. Uh, uh, let's, let's get right into the outro. Uh, we like to start our outro with our God moment segment. Uh, we all share what God's been doing up with us recently, uh, whether it be a challenge or a blessing or something we're thankful for, anything like that. You know, a chair. And, uh, a chair. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first today. Oh, wow. Uh, and, yeah, and mine is that it's election day. Uh, yeah. That's all three of those things. Yeah. For yeah. lots of people. Challenge, blessing, and something we're thankful for. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a mm-hmm. pretty solid one. You just want to be the first thing no one else can say that? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but uh, mine is from Pastor Luke's sermon this last Sunday. Uh, near the end, he, he kind of challenged everybody about um, making sure you spend, well, he did say this amount, but he said, you know, see if you could get at least two hours, I think it was, he said of time that you spend with God. And, you know, immediately I was like, oh man, I don't do that. And then, you know, I thought about it and went through my day and realized, I think I do that more than I thought I did. I mean, I still have a lot of room to grow, so I'm still challenged to do better. But it was also kind of reassuring to go, wait a minute, you do this more than you do. You know, a lot of times I don't reflect on my own life. And I was like, oh, I do more than I thought I did. It made me feel good and challenged at the same time. So I got two of them. <laughs> so, uh, Pastor Luke, what's God been up to with you recently? Oh, lots of stuff. Um, <laughs> but, but I just, I'm, I, I would have to say the biggest thing is, um, you know, with last month being, um, with last month being pastor's appreciation and the, the fact that, that my wife, I moved my wife 10 and a half hours and my kids 10 and a half hours away from, um, my wife from her parents, my kids from, one set of their grandparents. Um, I am, you know, I'm 15 minutes from my mom and dad now, but, um, moving them away and to this new place that they don't really know anything about, don't really know how things are going to be. And the amazing, awesome welcome and, uh, and appreciation and, um, that this church has made us feel like we're at home and feel like we're a part of their family. And, um, and that's just, that's been such a blessing, um, you know, for, for us and, and for me to know, Hey, my wife, you know, my wife feels like this is home. You know, it's not, you know, I didn't drag her kicking and screaming and, and we've both been kind of obedient to this call that God has placed on us. But, um, it's exciting to, you know, here we are two and a half, I think, two and a half, almost three months, um, since we moved up here and, and it's, you know, um, every day we're getting a little more unpacked and a little more settled and, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a blessing for that. And, uh, some future guests we're going to have on the podcast, uh, we're going to be having Andrew Croft from Open Doors Canada, uh, which is ironic because, you know, their borders are still basically <laughs> completely closed because of the whole situation uh, amy Watt, amy watson of the wednesdays with watson podcast uh, pastor alan rhodes 
And uh, of course, at the end of the season, we're going to have Francis Chan. Wow. Does he know? No. Wow. I assume when he finds out, he'll agree. Yeah. 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 Speaking it into existence. Is that, yeah. is that, yeah. yeah. We do that every episode. We're just going to speak it until it happens. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you all for listening. If you want to hear one last thing we do, you have to go over to our Patreon segment where I'm going to ask Pastor Hoover. He can summarize this whole thing in 10 seconds or less. Check it out.